0: Thank you for joining us on the Anchor Conversations podcast, where we are bringing your Sunday into your weekday. Our goal is to invite you into the conversation that's happening when we're preaching on Sunday mornings by giving you an opportunity to ask questions and to continue to interact with the text through this podcast. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Anchor Conversations podcast. Uh, This is, I guess, your host. The host with the most, Tyler.
1: Uh, <laughs> the host with, with I Jason. guess, the host <laughs> with the most. The, well, <laughs> how old are we? <laughs> I
0: don't know. But it's uh, weird to call myself the host because, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it just feels weird. But I guess that's what I do here.
1: Here's your host, Tyler Jenner. Come, <laughs> come running out. Um, I've been listening
0: to old radio shows recently. No, I haven't. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be funny if you, if you were. <laughs> watching some more johnny carson shows just to yeah. get some inspiration yeah for sure figuring out what, what a host does and how what that looks like that's good
0: <laughs> thanks for tuning in today to our our radio program
1: yeah thanks for thanks for turning that dial to our uh to our podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um all right well we are discussing your sermon from uh, mark chapter 8 verses 31 through 9 chapter 1 Mm-hmm. uh today not as scary as it sounds going across chapters it was only one verse into chapter nine yep uh, <laughs> uh know, but you're given
1: given our long sections it was like uh what are we doing yeah two chapters? whenever oh. you
0: see that next uh that next number that next chapter number you're like all right strap in
1: what's happening here what's going on <laughs>
0: um your big idea was following jesus is a call to less uh what i would say is a countercultural big idea uh for our time and our place um So we saw Jesus uh, talking about his death, uh, foreshadowing his death, and then also inviting uh, his disciples to follow him into that with this invitation to take up your cross and follow him. Um, And where I want to start today in our conversation was um, we've kind of talked about this from the beginning of Mark. There's this messianic secret that's going on where over and over, Jesus is telling people, kind of keep it a secret. Don't tell anyone about me. Um, And it's this, you know, I guess the theological term for it is the messianic secret that he's trying to keep here in the text. But now Jesus is calling the crowd to himself, it says, and he's sharing this message. I am the Messiah. I am the Savior. And tied to that is this invitation to take up your cross and follow him. And you had mentioned in your in your sermon that um, he's done hiding. So what do you think is the significance of this being the message that he's giving uh, as he kind of comes out of hiding, that he's going to die and that there's an invitation to follow him in death?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, some, some of it is, I think some of it is that he's kind of distanced himself now from the Pharisees and scribes who really would have been a problem. Like if he had started to talk about this stuff, they would have... It would have been a really bigger issue. So part of it's that he's right now across the sea, and he's really focusing in on his disciples. Even when he's talking to the crowds, I think he's in a—he's still kind of on that predom- Like, not I should say predominantly. A lot of, there's a lot of Gentiles over there, people that may, may not even understand what he's talking about in terms of some of this stuff. So I think that gives him a little bit more confidence to say some things that are a little stronger. Um, and but at the same time, he's he's really you know, in this part of the gospel, starting to consider and make his way to Jerusalem. We're going to, we're going to watch. I mean, he's not like outside the gates, you know, but he's still really far North, but he's, he's going to begin hitting around the, the Sea of Galilee um, towns as he goes further South. And then as he gets South of the Sea of Galilee um, down towards Jerusalem. So I, I think that he is starting to perhaps get the understanding that, Hey, these my disciples here are not getting it. So we've seen this before. They're not quite at the spot. Don't you understand? He's asked them that a couple of times. Don't you under Don't you understand yet? Like, how are you supposed to understand other things if you can't get this? So I think his part of it is that he's just starting to get very bold with what he's talking about, um, and 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 why. So this messianic secret, in terms of being done hiding, I think is he's like they need to understand what actually it means to follow me. Following me isn't just, hey, we get to hang out. You get to see a bunch of magic tricks. Um, you know, I, I use it miracles, but like you know, from, from maybe from the perspective, of like Jesus is doing amazing things. Um, but as he as he kind of emerges from that, he's not emerging from that to um, to take over the Jerusalem. He's not emerging from that to lead a leader revolt against the Romans. He's not. He's not here for those purposes. Those purposes are human concerns, as we see. That's like, that's what humans think. He's on a totally different wavelength here because his mission is going to be a death. It's going to be to die for the sins of the people. And um, as he emerges from that, those disciples need to understand this is the call. Um, You know, there's there's other other times where he does this, where, you, you know, people leave him when he says these things. They just go, wow, that's not for me. They're out. And he asked the disciples, are you guys going to leave too? And they're like, no, we're here with you. And so I think part of it's like, if you are going to follow me as the Messiah, Peter just said that I was, um, and I am, this is what it means. I don't want to sugarcoat this. It means you will, you will have to take up your cross and follow me. So, so, you know, it's like the way of the cross, the way of discipleship, the way of Jesus, the way of the gospel, isn't a human takeover. It's a sin takeover. It's a spiritual takeover. It's a cleansing and redemption. It's not, it's so, so I think he's just dispelling all of their misconceptions here with this. And same for us. It's, it's like this put, gut punch because we should look at this and say, Jesus, so Jesus is serious about these kinds of things. Deny yourself, take up your cross. Yeah, so much so that when he emerges from the, the messianic secret and he goes, okay, this is really what the Messiah is here to do. It's necessary that the son of man comes is persecuted by all of the, the mainline Jewish folks, you know, because that's, they never believe the prophets. They're not going to believe me and that I die and rise again from the dead after three days. Um, this is the main, this is the mission. This is what he's here for. And so I think it's just clarity. I think that he's wanting to wanting the disciples to just know full out, just to be clear, guys, this is what it means to follow the Messiah. And Peter doesn't like it. We see it. Peter, rebels against that um because it doesn't sound like that's what the messiah should do peter's messiah wouldn't do that quote quote unquote the messiah peter believes in kind of like what the pharisees and scribes would say they would probably say the same thing no no, no that's not what the messiah does and that's where he says get, you need to get behind me because you're thinking about different things that i'm thinking about and so you need to conform to me i'm not here to conform to you
0: i feel like it's such a helpful reset um for the disciples in that moment in the crowds as Jesus kind of gives them that revelation, but also for us, you know, how often do we come to Jesus expecting all of our human problems to be addressed and fixed and thinking, well, yeah, the spiritual stuff is there too, I guess, when it's the exact opposite, (laughs) you know, it's like, no, I came to die and rise again, to deal with sin and death. Um, And I think, Everyone is Christians. I think most of us can say on some level, like there's there's human concerns that are met in Jesus, too, in the life of the church. There's community and, um, you know, there's different, you know, sin is cleaned up. Certainly your life is is straightened out in ways that have a redemptive value right now. Like all that's true, too. But to the, I feel like it's such a helpful reset to just go. No, the kingdom of God is about the cross and the resurrection And so discipleship is about carrying your cross and the power of the resurrection. Yeah. And all the other stuff is, is good and important and, and, and not to be dismissed, but also comes under that and comes behind that.
1: Yeah, it has to, because, because, you know, we live in a, we live in this culture society where we are so taken by so many different things. And we're told that following Jesus looks like a certain way you have to You have to run this way you have to do this you have to sing these songs or don't sing these songs or you can't have this um lighting in in church and you you know you uh you have to vote this way and you have to find it's it's i think that there's implications for those things you know as as we follow jesus some of those things will will kind of land for us especially in our consciences but if if our lives are more about um us and what we can get out of life. And we find Jesus being a secondary, like almost a, a participant with us in our lives. Like he comes along our, you know, he's He's in the the far back in the minivan because we want to bring him along with us on vacation. You know, but like, hey, Jesus, come on, come on. Why don't you get in the back? Instead of, um you know, instead of, hey, why don't you drive this thing? <laughs> like you should, you should drive this. We're just with you. I think we've just functioned that way a lot. You know, our lives are, are more about, more about selfish things sometimes. Um, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking for myself. Like I, that's, that's my reality. Um, a a lot of times. And so I, you know, discipleship for me is the same. It's just saying, how can I get on board with the death of Jesus and his resurrection so that my life conforms to what he has for me and what that looks like. And it's just, it's a massive sacrifice. It's less, it's less of me. It is self-denial. It's denying, it's denying yourself, like he says, and taking up our, our cross and saying, Lord, if I'll march with you to death if I need to. And I'm and I'm fine with that because you're worth it. Um, you know, we we try to pretend we have masks on. We've talked about this before, but we try and pretend that we're so mature spiritually. You know, we you know, we are just the most mature Christians, and yet a lot of times you know if we were to actually face some sort of persecution for real i think there'd be a lot of christians in in america that would fall off the map i just think that they'd be like yeah i don't know if i'm i don't know if it's worth this um which isn't it should be an indictment on us as christians you know like if 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 the god that we worship and who died for us we're not willing to also just take up our cross and follow him um even if it means to death which is what really literally he's saying here you need to take up your cross, that crucifixion that the Romans put together. It's painful. It hurts. If you're going to follow me, you need to take it, take up that cross and march with me to Calvary. And if, if it means that you are crucified alongside me, so be it. Um, that's what it means to follow Jesus. What, so I'd just say like to you, if you're listening to this, is that, what about you? I mean, how are you thinking about that in life? Is, is your life given to other things that are more important? Um, Is your life given to, you know, it, it, I think it comes out in a lot of different things. Like if you're the kind of person that's just constantly angry at other people because they're not fitting your needs the way that you think they should be fit. Um, If you're constantly disappointed in people, if you're constantly like frustrated if you're, if you if your posture, most of the time is how can people serve me? Why aren't they serving me enough? If your posture is, you know, I've, I've done too much for Jesus. It's other people's turns. If it's, if you're, if your posture, you know, I mean, I could go on and on and on. If your posture is, I'm not given because we need, I need to save all, I need to hoard my money. Like, I mean, whatever it is. I mean, it could, we could play a that play that out a thousand different ways. Um, You know, where it just, I think that they're all diagnostics. Like if the answer isn't, yeah, Jesus would say, yeah, you're taking up your cross right now and following me. Then I think that that you or me, as we think about our lives and evaluate it, we just need to do an evaluation test and say, maybe I I need to grow here. Maybe I just need, there's some sanctification. There's a reason, there's an old word called mortification. Um, I don't know if you've heard that word. John Owen wrote a book called Mortification of Sin, the Death of Sin, Killing Sin, Um, And the reason for that is because death is part of what it means to grow as a Christian. We die a little bit of us, a little bits of us die as we get become more like Jesus and get to look like him. And so, um, yeah, it's just part of the deal. Like that's just part of the deal of what it means to follow him.
0: Yeah. I think, um, to, uh, to ride that analogy of Jesus just in the back of the minivan on the vacation, maybe it's helpful for, you know, as, as people are listening, you know, just consider, uh, if you're, if your life is a road trip, you know, is Jesus just in the back of the minivan? Is he driving? Or this is really terrible, but this is why people come to our podcast. Is he like the grandma in, is it Christmas vacation? That is, <laughs> you know, she dies and they wrap her up in a tarp no, and throw her on the roof.
1: Yeah, I think that's the first vacation movie. I think yeah. he's, yeah, he's just on the, sitting on the top. Yep. Just cover. Yep. Yeah. Just exactly. cover up.
0: You know, like you, this dead idea of Jesus. You know, that's that's not actually the person of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you feel bad leaving this idea of Jesus behind. So you've got this dead idea tied to the yeah. roof. You know. Yeah, uh, we feel that, we feel ashamed. terrible. But <laughs>
1: yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't want it to look like I'm doing my own thing. So I'm right. gonna. I'll just. I'll just. You know, time to the bumper or put him at the whatever. And, yeah. And at the same time, you're like, yeah, but that that's not what it means to follow him. So again, if you're going to be purposely biblical, and I hope that you are, because quite frankly, if you're listening to this and Tyler unites the same for us, really, we could live however we want to live. At some point you just go, well, does it really matter? And I'd say, well, sometimes no, because does it really affect us today? Like, I think you can answer the question, not really, which is why you probably do it because it doesn't feel like it affects you. The difference is it's the difference between following the real Jesus, genuinely following him and just putting on a show. So you might think, well, it doesn't doesn't affect me here. No, but in the judgment, when you stand and perform face-to-face, those are questions you're gonna have to answer. That's just the reality. Did you follow me? What is it, you know? And I, I think that we just gotta answer them.
0: Yeah, so as we think about that, it's all kind of addressing the human concerns. Your second point talked about the problem of God's concerns. How would you describe God's concerns? make that a little more i guess tangible for us
1: his concerns from the very beginning have been clear so and his concerns really are about um cre- creating and making a people for his own possession there's something about that where he he creates us in his own image sin ruins that in the garden and the whole bible is is a st- one big story about god redeeming his people and bringing them back to the garden the difference is that there's not the knowledge of the tree of the good and evil is not there it's the 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 um the tree of life is it's this you know but not not the other tree so sin's taken care of it's 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 you know it's wiped away um and so god's concerns are a larger picture than what we have we have really small concerns not small in in comparison to like the cosmos right like small we We're trying to make money to survive that's important we need we need to do that like that so but that's a that's a concern that we concern ourselves with we're concerned about does this person like me we're concerned about how come these people don't serve me whatever it is um peter's concerned here about i don't think that the messiah should say that because if we're going to take over the romans here like that's not what should happen you shouldn't be dying and talking about these things um and and he says no you're thinking about something different. My, my my whole perspective is to is to raise the needy from the ash heap, to to lift the the, the poor from the dust of the earth. To and to do that, to do that um, as we think about our own souls as being poor and needy, we we can't come to God on our own. Like He's His whole perspective and His whole point is redemption, redeeming His people, bringing us into the presence of God with joy and gladness. Entering his gates with thanksgiving, the the psalms say, but really doing that, not just like we come into Jerusalem and come into church, but genuinely entering uh his realm with joy because we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's that is God's concerns. His concerns is with a larger picture here. You know, God's con- Jesus' concerns here was was dying on a cross, he's going to the cross into preparing the disciples to um to take on the mission of gospel proclamation and discipleship that would go on for, for generations that we, we are in, uh, like in, inheriting from them. We, we are, we are taking up that mantle that the disciples here took from Jesus. And so his concerns are just on a, on a global redemption, salvation, history perspective. It's not so small. And um so the, pro- the problem with that is, is that um, we are those who have uh, been saved by the king, and we come under that mission that he's called the disciples to. Um, most of those guys died at the hands of people that didn't like what they were saying, um, and or were imprisoned. And we come under that same mission to say, well, our our goal is to look at our neighbors and say you you have a larger, um, picture in, in life than you even know it's there's something that God is doing and has done that you can get in on like you can get in on this none of us are so special that we're we got in this because we're smart we we got in on this because we recognize we need a savior and his name is Jesus and we we do that and so we we are a part of that mission that is that means you know that is a that is the global goal and so that means for us to jump into that mission of of making disciples and that means discipling others and also making disciples, bringing new people into the church that don't know Jesus to do that. Sometimes that means we have to, we have to make decisions that speak less about our own comforts or joys, you know, at the time. So, you know, it means, it means we should maybe, um, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a benign example, but, Maybe we need to, if we are not giving anything to the church, we got to say, yeah, yeah, maybe I should, cause there's mission going on. Like we got, I want to make sure we do that. Or maybe, maybe I can, um, figure out how to start a, you know, start a, a ministry with those guys at, at anchor and try and figure out, maybe I could do something to, to help, you know, some of the poor, or the refugees, or to tell, preach, proclaim the gospel to people outside. Or maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm just gonna, I'm a, I'm a once a month attender at church and, Uh, maybe I need to do more of that. Stop, you know, stop staying at home. And because I like to sleep or whatever, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, whatever it might be for you. I don't know what it is for you, but you know, just to make these decisions where it means less, because I want to be a part of the mission of the church, which is the body of Christ, proclaiming the gospel to the nations and encouraging one another as we worship and pray and give and take communion together and and maybe the world will come in here and they'll, people are going to start to get saved, man. I want to be a part of this and I want to be in a huddle and I want to have a volunteer team. It, it really is, you know, we think, well, I just, I don't have a lot of time. I think that's something, it's just hard for me to find the time. And I'd say, yeah, maybe one of the things God's calling you to give up is your time. Um, Maybe your time is too precious to you. And, you know, and there's something about, yeah, maybe I should just serve the kids at, at anchor and tell them about Jesus. Maybe, maybe I should. Um. Jump into a community group, even though it's not my preference, you know, because I don't like community groups. Well, maybe God's calling you to do that and give up time. Like, maybe there's something that something to that. So, I, I think that that God's concerns are are just on a much larger scale, and we need to up our game to understand what His concerns are, so that so that we can get on board with His concerns and and our concerns start to diminish. But it takes us to have a global perspective on who who he is and what he's done for us and what his concerns are for us to even begin thinking about how to do that.
0: That's good. The only thing I'd add to it, and, and you kind of hit on this, but just to put a point on it, you know, participating in those concerns of God, you hit this well, but proclaiming the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and then also this people that God is redeeming, as you talked about, is to be a people of love and justice and care for those who are hurting who are broken who are less than uh, the last the the way we like to talk about in our house is the least the last and the lost Um, it's a community that that goes after those people and so as we think about taking up god's concerns it's preaching the gospel and it's this love and justice towards one another and towards people who are the least the last the lost who are outside who are in need you know the widow the fatherless the um you talked about this the immigrant the poor the hurting um so those are all those are all people that god is concerned with you know uh not that he doesn't love everyone but he has particular concern for those people and and we have this invitation to participate with him in those cares mm-hmm. um so you know you you had mentioned um you know, this cost that Jesus is talking about in the text is really the cost of martyrdom, it's death. Um, which I, I would encourage everyone, um, if you haven't spent some time reading of the, the different stories of of martyrs, I think it's really valuable from a discipleship standpoint. As long as we don't tokenize it, I think that the downside to that could be thinking, okay, well, they died for their faith because they had to. I don't have to worry about that. So carrying my cross isn't for me. We have to be careful of that. But I do think especially the first few centuries of the church, reading the stories about people, you know, who were thrown to the animals and different things like that is is really uh, powerful. But for us, many of us, our lives are pretty comfortable. <laughs> you know, we don't experience much, if any, practical cost of following. We, we certainly if you are listening to this in America, you are not facing death for your faith. Um, and if you are, you should call the police. Because there's, we we have we live in a country where that's not okay. Um, but if that's the case, then, and the call of Jesus is this call to take up our cross and follow him, even to the point of death, does that mean that we should be making intentional decisions that invite some sort of loss into our lives for the sake of the gospel? Should that be the end that we take this to? Or am I misunderstanding that?
1: To your earlier point, I'll answer that in a second. Uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs is like the go-to. Everybody, you know, pe- people point to that one and say, "Hey, this is a this is a book if you're looking for a book to to understand a little bit more about about the martyrs of of history." Um, I would say this. You know, your your question is a good one. Should we make intentional decisions that invite loss? I would say a part of me says, "I don't know." Yes, with a, some caveats, um, because. I think it just depends on on in ter- some ways where you are in your discipleship process, um, what that what what do you feel like God's calling you to? Because lo- loss looks different for everybody. I think when we say, you know, loss, it can look you know, for somebody. I think everybody's got something in mind that they're thinking of. So um, the danger with with making a blanket statement like that is that it can it can lead to us. Living out the very forms of religion that Jesus talked about earlier in Mark, which is okay, so if we if we lose like this, then we're good with God. If we do these things, then we're good with God. And we just we want to be really careful with that. So really it's an individual, you know, what it, it's an individual decision. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about what you need uh to be less in? Like what is it, what does it look like? F- to be less so that he can be more in your life. Some of that could be inviting, you know, these decisions that intentionally inviting loss. It could just be I'm, you know, I want to I want to make sure that his priorities are my priorities and you might be at a place where inviting loss might not be helpful for you and you're where your, your um spiritual maturity is. You know, I don't know I just don't know cuz it's it's such an individual thing. I think I think I would say um If the call is to less then yeah, then I think that, that the loss of at least some of our preferences and our desires to his are, are there. And we can say, yeah, I think we should be considering more about him. Maybe a better way to say that is intentional decisions that invite more of him, you know, these intentional decisions that we make that make him more to us. And I think by default, then we have to become less if we're if we have a cup that's 100% full which we live these 100% lives we're not like 50% of ourselves um then if we're going to bring hey we want to bring more of him into it those percentages for us just are not na- are naturally going to go down and so i want more of him i want to intentionally make these decisions that make more of him for the sake of the gospel and i want to do that you know the best that i can uh wh- one more one more quick word on that we want to be careful that we don't become theologically, I mean, and and in our lives, people that just look to asceticism, which is, I'm going to, you know, f- back in the middle ages, I'm going to flog, take a, a whip and flog myself in the back because I want to be less, you know, I got to, I'm going to crawl up, uh, you know, these stairs on my knees for a long time till they bleed because I just, I'm trying to be less. So I'm going to, you know, just, I'm going to live in a really, you know, this, this neighborhood that's real super dangerous. I know of some pastors like Super dangerous neighborhood. My kids are young; they can't even go out and play. Um, but I'm doing it for the for loss of Christ. You know, I I think wisdom plays a part. I think we have to think through that stuff. Um, so that's just my caveat on that. I, I want to be careful we don't become ascetics. You know, just like oh, uh, less is best. You know, um, I don't know if that is actually a biblical concept because there's there's nothing. But at the same time, more of Jesus is always good. And so I think by nature we're gonna to take less.
0: That's a helpful way to. I guess, uh, qualify that, that um, certainly the the invitation to take up your cross is not just about, it can be a form if we're not careful, which I think is a really helpful qualifier. And it's not about loss for loss sake. It's about uh, how can I gain more of Jesus, which is going to include loss, you know? And I do think that a number of the spiritual disciplines, um, Actually, all of them they they contain an element of loss. Giving, which is a spiritual discipline, means I'm going to have less in my bank account because I'm going to give more to to the church and to people in need and to other things. Um, you know, you're you're reading your Bible and praying. I'm going to lose time that I could be doing other things for the sake of gaining this time with the Lord. Um, you know, film the like uh, certainly like think about fasting, which we don't do a whole lot of. Typically in our culture, but that is just all loss. But again, so that why? So that I can fill that emptiness in my stomach with time with the Lord and dependence on Him. So loss, just for the sake of loss, is asceticism. Would you say? Uh, but loss mm-hmm. to gain more of Jesus is something that we should definitely, you know, be be trying to figure out where might God be inviting me to more.
1: One of the hardest parts about walking out the Christian life is that we are so tempted all the time to make it really black and white. And it's just not, I mean, because you have, you know, God is holy and we want to be holy. And so, the temptation is then we just got to be these ascetics that don't have any fun and joy. Cause uh, we got to be holy. And yet God's created us and made us, and made this world for us to enjoy, you know? So we want to make sure, well, okay, so how do I think through that? And then we wind up going one, you know, one way or the other. I just think the way you said it is good too. Uh, two, two books and re- resources. If you're thinking about more and some of those things, disciplines would be um, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life by Donald Whitney is a really good book on just more of Jesus and understanding some of those disciplines, Jerry Bridges wrote a book called The Discipline of Grace um, that I think is really good, but both of them are going to point you to the gospel, I think, have a proper perspective on, on what it means to just be thinking about the disciplines of the Christian life and how to how to have grace involved in that and what that means and the gospel that speaks into those things as we live holy lives and as we do so in a way that I think is biblically accurate and right, you know, not not falling off one side or the other. So those are two resources for you if you're looking for more info on those things.
0: You missed one too. This isn't spiritual disciplines, but gaining by losing.
1: Oh uh, by yeah. JD
0: Greer. For sure. Uh, which gaining was something losing. that our core team is. So if you're newer to anchor, newer, if you're if you weren't part of the core team. That planted Anchor Church in the very beginning. That's something that you know maybe consider picking up and reading. We had everyone that was part of the core team. I think everyone read it, or we encourage everyone to. But this book, Gaining by Losing, from JD Greer, would be another good one.
1: Which was um, fifty-seven years ago in COVID years. Yeah. It seems totally. like it was so it seems like it was so long ago COVID hit. We're just like, what what's happening right now? So yeah, yeah read that book if you haven't. Gaining by losing is great.
0: That was another world ago that did not include masks and lockdowns and all the other craziness of um of COVID, but gaining by losing was a good one that we had uh kind of everyone read we, we read it as elders and then we we kind of passed that around the church um and, and asked other people to read it so that's a good one um, all right so this is again maybe a little bit more of an existential question as well uh but thought it would be good to chop it up um so why do you think that the way of the kingdom is self-denial you know, I I just think I think it's helpful to ask the whys, like why why is it take up your cross instead of, uh, you know, in that context, take up your sword, or in our context, take up your gun and, you know, strike down your enemies or, uh, whatever, take up your your power and wield it against those that disagree with you, or, you know, take up your platform and and ride it to success, or you know, whatever it could be, fill in the blank, but. Why is it take up your cross and follow me?
1: Um, I think there's a couple of ways I can answer that. I think the first one would be Jesus whole mission. The mission of God was to provide a savior for the people. I mean, think about the whole sacrificial system in the old Testament. If you've read your old Testament, you know, um, they had to sacrifice animals, and the the blood of those animals needed to needed to be shed. It was lost, right? They're giving up their their possessions for for the sake of God, for sake of cleansing, and what that means. It's an act of trust in God. Like really, it's trusting the Lord in that. Um, but if the king himself, if his whole thing is, I am going to not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, Philippians says. Um, but I'm going to empty myself and and become a servant of, of, of all and die on a cross for you. So that at the, at the end of all of that, after I'm risen from the dead, every, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, if that's the case, if he leads that out, then it just bears to witness. That's the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is, is a less of us kind of thing. It's, I am humility and recognizing the character of God should play itself into me. So I'm going to give myself for the sake of others and the sake of the mission of the gospel. If I give my life um, because somebody else might come to know who he is, that's the heart of Jesus. That's what he did. Like that's his, he gave himself so that you Christian might know him. And so I think that, in, in, you know, that'd be one answer that I have is that it's just, it's the way of the king. You know, the the, the self-denial is the way of the king. Um, the other one is it takes a ton of trust and faith to, to, I mean, to, in, in this context, what Jesus is saying to take up your cross and, and recognize, like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to death here. Um, you know, it really is saying I I will die for him. Um, and Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, some of you will die for me. Um, but that's what it means. It means to follow me because the church's mission is not about its own glorification, it's about the glorification of the King. And in so doing, it's about the, the salvation of, of people that are image bearers, you know, people that are made in his image to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus and to find themselves uh, with eternal life and joy forever. Um, You know, we think about some of the things like faith and trust. And I think about Romans, you know, we we're reading about um, in Romans five, about Isaac, and Abraham and Abraham's faith is, um, you know, is sac- in sacrificing Isaac, it was credited to him as righteousness because it, you know, proved that he believed Hebrews tells us that God could raise Isaac from the dead. Like there's something about that. That's just lost. Cause he, he so trusts God to fulfill his promises and keep his promises that, Hey, even, even in something that feels like a ton of loss it I'm going to, I'll, I'll do it. Um, Paul wouldn't have died for Jesus if he didn't genuinely believe that, that the mission he was sent on was worth it. You know, when James talks about faith without works is dead. I think part of that is, Hey, a lot of people can give lip service to the fact that they love Jesus and, and they, they want to live for him. But when, when the rubber meets the road and you have to make some hard decisions, you know, your, your actions will prove out whether you believe it or not. I can say, Hey, I I'm, you know, I, I'm impervious to dying by being hit by a bus. I will never be hit by a bus. Even if a bus hits me, I'm so strong that I will never die. And I'd say, okay, cool. Why don't you go out into the middle of the road then and see what happens? You know, like, well, I don't, you know, I'm not going to do that. And the reason is because you actually don't believe it. Like you, you're saying, you can say a lot of things, but you're not believing it. The reason you don't step in traffic is because you're like, no, I'm going to get whacked by a car. Like, I'm not going to go step in traffic. You know, our actions prove out what we actually believe a lot of times. And so, um, you know, I, I think that when we think about this and and self-denial and, and what it looks like to take up our cross, it really is a an active trust in the God that we we worship and serve. And that's and that actually should be part of the end of what it means to to live out the life of discipleship for the sake of Jesus.
0: In this idea of faith, it takes the power out of your hands and puts them in God's hands. Uh, it puts the power in God's hands to say, you know, whatever happens, Lord, is up to you. I'm going to prioritize following you and and in pri- and, and caring about your concerns, as we talked about earlier uh, here. I'm going to put your concerns first and following you first. And whatever else happens is up to you. And that's faith. That's putting putting all that trust in God's hands and all the power actually in God's hands, which Jesus actually did, too, with the father, you know, it's when he was arrested, uh, Peter cuts off the ear of the, uh, of one of the people coming to arrest Jesus. And he says, no, I don't need you to use your sword. I don't need to call down a legion of angels. This is the father's plan. I'm giving myself over to it. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's a plan of death and of, of cross and of resurrection. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the, one of the things that we need to remember that the, it's not just about the cross. It's also about the resurrection. It's about both for Jesus it wasn't just about the cross. We saw this in the text this week. He talked about his death and his resurrection. And for us, as we think about the cross, it's both the cross and the resurrection.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Real quick too. Romans 4, not Romans 5. Um, just uh, so, you know, so if you're gonna go look it up, it's Romans 4. We're <laughs> about Abraham. Um, but there's a reason why he's saying if you're willing to, you know, we don't we don't give up our life for nothing. We give up our life to gain it. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna give up your life, you're giving up your life to gain more, you know, what, what's, what does it profit us to gain the whole world and to take, I could be the, I could be the wealthiest person in the world. I could be a trillionaire here. What, what good is it to do that and lose your soul? Like that's such a, this is a small 80 plus years of life on average. Um, when I, when you think about eternity, that's nothing. And so Jesus point is like there's something bigger here. What what is the purpose of that? Those that seek to gain their life here will lose it. It's that, that quote
0: that uh he he is no fool that gives up what he could not keep to gain what he uh cannot earn lose. cannot lose. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Thank you. Right right. Yes, yeah, Jamelia. Uh, Jamelia. Yeah, and
1: yeah. and he proved it out cuz he died for the yeah. gospel. Um yeah. and so yeah, I think that's I think that's good. It's all about right. it's all about him. So
0: well, let's do that this week. Let's take Jesus, up our cross. Jesus, not,
1: and... It's all about Jesus, not Jim yet. That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. make sure everybody understands what the hymn was referring to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's uh, let's take up our cross and let's follow him this week. And and yeah, consider how we can do that in greater ways. He, he is worth it. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you for taking the time to join us today as we brought your Sunday into your weekday. Our hope and prayer is that you'd continue pressing into the Lord and applying the Bible to your life as you seek to honor Jesus as King. We'd encourage you to continue this conversation with God through reading the Word and praying and to continue this conversation with other Christians at your Anchor Huddles and your Anchor Communities. We look forward to worshiping King Jesus with you this Sunday and to talking to you again on the podcast next week.